Well, today on War on Weight, I've got Yana Yanova. She is the owner and founder of PandoraSoul.com. It's the first ever subscription box for self-help that you can have delivered right to your doorstep all the way from Scotland. Like, she's an amazing, amazing human. You're going to love her. She just really pours into women. She's an author, speaker. She's a talent expert, and she's also a psychologist and she's a member of the British Psychology Society. She's a life coach, she's a well-being mentor, and on top of that, she's a sister, a friend, a daughter, and just, she talks about, she's just a wild spirit. She created the PandoraSoul.com when, during the first COVID outbreak, and because she saw so many people struggling with mental health. We're just honored to have her here today, and we have scheduled this and tried to work with our time zone differences, and we finally got it together, and I'm just so excited that you're gonna get to hear from her. In her chapter from Unleash Her, she gives you an eight-step challenge for 30 days, and we talk about that on this episode today. So let's just jump right in. Hey, sister, welcome to The War on Weight. Do you want to find some motivation to finally lose your extra pounds? Do you want to feel great in your favorite pair of jeans? Do you want some weight loss that's actually sustainable? Have you given up that any program will ever work for you? Well, I'm Keitha, and I'm your new best friend. I've spent a lifetime on the losing side of the battle, I felt frustrated, exhausted, self-conscious, and despite any success I had in life, I felt like a failure, but I finally won the war. How did I do it, you ask? I discovered how to implement simple, healthy habits, how to completely revamp my mindset, and embrace some things that were causing me to turn to food over and over again. Lastly, I discovered how to make nutrition really super simple. And after just a few short months of fueling my body properly, I dropped more than 50 pounds and I'm maintaining it by practicing all the healthy habits you're gonna learn on this podcast. So if you're tired of feeling like a prisoner in your own body, you're buying clothes to hide your body, not celebrate it, you're done having your weight affect all your relationships with others and more importantly with yourself. You no longer wanna eat your feelings and then beat yourself up about it, then this is the podcast for you. Let's armor up, sister, and fight this war on weight together. Oh, my goodness. Welcome, Yana Yanova. Is that not the coolest name ever? Oh, my gosh. It's just, it just flows. I even just asked her a second ago, did she change her name to make it that pretty? Because it's just, it's beautiful. And you know, my, and I was telling her about my Southern accent, how sometimes it just doesn't go that way. But I am thrilled to have you here all the way from the UK. You're living in Scotland. I just love how technology is so fabulous. We have rescheduled this multiple times for multiple reasons. And every single time I thought was, this is going to be the best episode ever. Because, you know, sometimes when things are challenging, it always proves to be worth it. And so I appreciate your flexibility and, you know, just letting this happen as it was supposed to be. I did a little bit of your introduction earlier, but I want you to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, not the bio stuff. Like stuff that you wrote about in the in your chapter in the book Unleash Her. Right. <clears throat> well, first of all, thanks for having me. I just can't explain how excited I am to finally speak to you and, and you know meet with you, even though from the other side of the world of the ocean. <laughs> um. So a little bit about me. I I must admit that when I was writing this chapter, I was fully empowered, a hundred percent. Like I was sitting there writing, and I was thinking. People will read that, you know, women will read that. And, and I really was, was curious about how people will react and how women will, you know, read themselves in those lines. And I haven't always been that bubbly, energetic type of person. You know, I had my moments when 
I was quite miserable, unhappy. There was nothing that satisfied my needs or, or anything in that regards. And when I was writing my chapter, I was thinking about those moments and I was thinking how far I have come. And thanks to, you know, psychology and, and the self-reflection and the, the self-help that I'm doing to myself for, for personal growth. And it's just remarkable. But overall, I this chapter really empowered me to speak my truth, to utilize what I know, what I lived through, and where I ended up being because of things I've done. And I'm just excited that people can read and relate. Oh, it! when I read your chapter, I immediately knew I wanted you to come on as a guest for several reasons. Um, your chapter is called Your Wish is My Command. And ladies, it is good. It's an absolute must read. Tell me how you named your chapter. So I'm a big fan of fairy tales. And when I was growing up, my parents used to read a lot to me. We had massive libraries in every house, in every room of the house. Um, And when I sat down to write, I was thinking about how many times I have buried the voice of my own heart because my brain logically was saying this or that. And many times I told myself, you know, shut up. You you don't know. I'm thinking at the moment. Just keep it quiet. And when come down to came down to writing the chapter, I wanted to express all those moments, you know, from, from my early childhood when I was growing with the fairy tales to the moment where I actually embraced everything that I read and, and everything that I've been through. Yeah. The, um, I want to read an excerpt from your chapter, and then I want you to talk to my listeners a little bit about it. Um, they've heard me talk about this on several episodes already, um, but I'm hoping that this exercise that you have the, them do in your chapter, it makes it click with people. You know, so after you do some very pleasant storytelling in, about your life in the chapter, this is what you wrote. When are you gonna, going to accept the fact that it all starts and ends with your mind? How you think affects how you feel. How you feel affects how you live. Am I making you angry with these questions? Good. Finally. I screamed out loud when I read this. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this because those type of statements made me mad for so long. I would tell myself all kinds of crap in my head. That would tell myself, you can't think away my feelings. I can't think myself skinny. You know, but what I really learned during the process of my weight loss and in my journey is that if you believe you can't lose weight and if you repeatedly are telling yourself you're always going to be overweight, you can't change, you're going to stay right where you are. So you continue on to say, I know change may be scary and uncertain, but I ask yourself this, have you been happy until now? If the answer is no, maybe, or even I don't know, then what do you have to lose? The only, we only have one life And unless you decide to live it in faith and in love, then you simply don't live, but you exist as a heavy consumer, making it day after day in survival mode. Here I am tearing up again, and I've read this paragraph probably 10 times because I totally related to that, just living day by day, just surviving. How can I get through this day? You know, it was just, I lived under so much mental and physical weight that this, your chapter really spoke to me. And I just wanted you to to know that I know you're speaking to so many women when you say this. And and I love how you challenge us in this chapter to make a change. 
So I was wondering, do you have your book handy? Yes. So could you oh. read? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the next, I would like you to read the paragraph that starts with embrace the change. Just that little short piece there. Right. So, Give me a second. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I should have warned you ahead of time. <laughs> no, I'm I'm loving reading that book anyway. So, okay. So embrace the change. Feel the power within you. Dream big. Be bold. Be brave. Love. Love. And teach your friends, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, and your colleagues how to live the world of fear forever. So tell us, I know for me, when I've in years of counseling and going through different things, everything always comes back to this fear. And it's, I could give you a list of a mile long of things I'm afraid of, but mainly it's what ifs. It's a scary place. So tell me, like I would now try to take every day and think, you know, what if it's all okay versus what if some big scary thing's going to happen? And so it's taken a lot of thought process. How do you deal with your fears? How did how do you put this into practice for you? You know, um, one major fear came to me one morning. So I've mentioned that I haven't always been that bubbly, energetic person who was always, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about everything, every everywhere that I'm probably even annoying to my friends. Um, but I haven't always been like this. And I had the, the time when I was extremely unhappy and miserable. And one morning I woke up and I woke up thinking, what if my life ends tomorrow and I haven't even lived it? You know, my work was going down south. My personal relationships were, were pretty much gone. And my family was not talking to me because I was so miserable. I wasn't even good for company. And that thought really scared me, you know, like I didn't even lift my finger to try and change something. I just accepted that whatever is going on outside is going to dictate my life. And that scared me the most. And it also made me angry to myself, you know, like I couldn't believe that I am not going to do anything about it and leave it and just just respond to external events without even putting the effort in. And that fear really shaked me completely. So I've started changing everything. You know, every time when someone was trying to tackle or threaten my persona that, you know, we all have that persona we've been building up for years in our minds, I was not responding. I was smiling. I was listening to them. And in my mind, I was going through, don't you dare responding the way you used to respond. You're going to learn how to manage your relationships and you're going to learn how to manage your emotional responses. And no one except you can allow you to be happy, unhappy, miserable, excited, exhausted, stressed, tired, or depressed unless I, I allow it. And, you know, I kept doing it and it's extremely difficult in the beginning because I used to go in the good old, you know, program mode. It's just easy. It's well known. It's familiar. It's me, although it wasn't. But I think my stubbornness and my anger and my fear came bigger. So I kept repeating and repeating, repeating it that in my mind to the point where I started actually behaving like that after many times of doing it in my mind. So no one can actually tackle me now because I have balanced myself out completely. Like 
my emotional state of being is being controlled only by me. So if I decide that I'm going to go wild, I'm going to go wild. (laughs) If I decide that I'm tired and I just want to, you know, snuggle on the sofa and just, you know, be a bit sad or emotional or whatever, I'm going to do it no matter what everyone else is telling me or expecting me to do. And to stop, you know, obeying those expectations that are not mine, that they, they, they were not real. I've made them mine. It was the biggest achievement I've ever done. Like the, the biggest conquering of myself that I've done. Yeah. And it's not easy. And it doesn't happen no. overnight. You have to constantly work at it. So you end your chapter with a 30-day challenge. And I'm deliberately going to drop this episode on the first of the month so that the listeners can get started right away with your 30-day challenge. I'd like you to walk us through the eight steps of your 30-day challenge. But if you could do it, since my podcast is geared toward women who are looking to improve their weight loss, have weight loss or improve their fitness um, and their physical health. So could we walk through that challenge um, from a health and wellness perspective? Absolutely. Do you want me to read them up? Or? Sure. You can you can walk us through through all you can read them to us and then kind of give us some some tips to how to do it, or um you can walk us through it in a different way and I can type them, I can type them out and put them in the show notes so people can read them as well. So however you want to tell us how to get through this 30 days to make this change. I'm loving that flexibility. Okay. So maybe to summarize that those steps are basically pretty much the opposite that we do every day. And and I have put them in there so we can keep the balance because Mm -hmm. we live in modern times where everyone and everything is expecting us to be smarter, faster, thinner, richer, healthier, happier, more agile, you name it. And we easily can get lost in those expectations. So those eight steps are literally going to help you, first of all, focus on yourself. So we tend and we learn from very early child age how to respond to external events, but we never actually manage to learn how to respond to internal events. And that's the biggest thing and I would say the biggest probably problem of humanity nowadays. No matter what's happening outside, you can always make a decision. And once you make a decision that you're going to change, you're not going to be controlled. You're not going to obey those expectations. You're in charge of everything. Things start changing immediately. But you need to make that decision. You can't go back anymore. And that's the first step of the challenge. Make that decision concrete. Make it stable. You know, don't look back. And most of all, don't allow yourself to be reversed, let's say. In you the know, many times I had thought I had made a decision to put my health first. Many times. It wasn't until I had a health crisis that I made a decision. And when I made a decision, I made a decision in a different way. And it's it's a lot of times I've said in the past, I have a fuse 100 miles long, but when it blows, it blows. I kind of feel like it was the same thing with my decision to lose weight. I would work out really hard and I would eat really healthy and I would do really good. And then I'd binge and binge and binge. And then I would start that cycle over and over. But when I had my health crisis, I knew it was, it was something in my brain that says, I have to lose weight and I have to lose weight right now. Like I cannot go through this another day. And that's the place that I want to get my clients to. 
is the place to make that decision. Because if you have, I, I often say, if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not big enough. And so step one is to make the decision, no matter what your goal is, whatever it is that you're going to work through during the 30 days, you have got to make the decision and it's got to be a concrete decision. And you have to be really clear on it. I, I just love that. All right, go ahead. Next one. <laughs> Unfortunately, we all wait for some kind of a trauma to hit us, to uh-huh. be able to make that decision. But we do have a choice, you know, to make it earlier. Yes, um, we do. <laughs> so all the next examples and exercises, because those are literally practical exercises that people can do for like 5, 10, 20 minutes a day. And they're all focusing on one single thing, and that's mindfulness. And this is probably a buzzword that has been spread across quite a lot, but there is quite a lot of scientific facts behind. I'm a psychologist and I'm doing that on a daily basis. If you practice that mindfulness for like 10, 20 minutes a day, you increase the hormone of happiness, which is cortisol in your body biologically with 49%. Wow. I don't think I realized that. Exactly. I mean, people don't, don't usually care about things like this. And, and that's one of the things, you know, that makes me a bit frustrated that, you know, the knowledge is out there, but we just don't care to look for it. If you, if you, you don't have to be a big spiritual specialist, you don't have to be on a, you know, tight um, marine regime or something like that. When you wake up in the morning, you know, give yourself five minutes before you jump out of bed and your daily routine begins and you lost control of everything. Give yourself five minutes and just think about why are you excited to wake up today? Why are you, why you should be enthusiastic about your life? First of all, you're awake. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. a big start. Um, Absolutely. And then, you know, think about instead of always putting in your mind the worst case scenario, which we all know exists, but you may not even end up there, put the best case scenario. You know, it's a choice. Yep. So get excited about the people you're going to meet. Get excited about the breakfast you're going to have. I personally love waking up and, and can't wait to grab my cup of coffee. You know, that's my favorite moment when the whole city is quiet and it's just me with my thoughts. You know, that's my mindful moment in the morning. And then when you're going through the day, keep, keep attention, you know, to, to what feelings you're expressing and, and what thoughts you're thinking when, when colleagues are making um, complaints about your work or not happy with how you delivered or you're losing a deadline or <clears throat> someone invites you to go for a lunch, you know, or get excited about the avocado on toast you're going to have. <laughs> and when you're going back to bed, <clears throat> Write down one thing that you're happy and thankful about today. You know, could be anything. Um, Usually I'm thinking about all kinds of stuff before I go to bed, right? Sometimes I'm going to think about, you know, being able to go to the shop and buying a flower, for example. I'm thankful about that. So it doesn't have to be massive. It's just small things in life that we usually take for granted. But actually, if you don't have it, you're going to be extremely unhappy and unhealthy person. And once you start doing that step by step, it's literally simple and practical. You're going to slowly, from from biological point of view, you're going to release the synaptic connections in your brain to have space to actually think different stuff. Once you Mm -hmm. start dumping your brain, (laughs) it's you have space for more. And then you can start filling that space with other things. And that's exactly what mindfulness is doing. 
it's yes. supporting your creativeness and, and your let's let's use healthy mindset because positive and negative are labels I don't really like much. Yeah. So t- one of the things that I've talked about in one of the episodes that I did earlier was that I, I did a book study called 1000 Gifts. And it was literally making a list of 1000 things that you're grateful for, like the sun shining, the flower on the side of the road. I mean, just the littlest, smallest little things to get to that list. And it was just so beautiful to be able to go through the day looking for those things. Instead of looking for the negative, you know, I've found during that time, I was looking for the positive. And when you're able to write those things down and then see all the things that you're so grateful for, um, it really does change your mindset. So when you talk about making your own gratitude jar, so do you recommend the actual jar? Because I've seen people actually put a jar and then you write it on a piece of paper and you put it, you know, and drop it in there. Or do you, is that more like a metaphor? What what do you recommend? So, do you know what? It could be literally anything. The way you read it, it's going to be the way it is. So okay. it's it also combines the the exercise with with creativeness. You know, as a child, I used to love you know taking those colorful blocks and building something out of them. So. If, you know, spend some 30, 40 minutes with your kids and make yourself a nice gratitude jar and put it next to your, you know, nightstand lamp and, and just drop things in. And maybe once a week, just go through that jar with your family and read things through. Get your family engaged in the whole situation. You know, let's let's make that a, a family tradition, for example. The, the jar symbolizes the place that you're going to store all of that information. It's no longer being your brain, but it's going to teach your brain how to look out for that. Oh, I like that. You know, and this is we're going into December and, you know, the days before Christmas, this would be a great family, op, you know, activity for um, a family to just to put a jar out and just and write down all the things they're grateful for each other. What a gift that would be on Christmas to open. I think that would that would be beautiful. All right. What about program yourself to wake up and be excited? Tell me what that looks like for you. Yeah. So every morning when I wake up, I don't jump straight out of bed. So what I do is I'm going to stretch in bed. I'm going to look through the window and I'm going to think about, you know, how excited I am to go to work, how happy I am to have the colleagues that I have. And I'm going to think about how my coffee smells in the morning and I'm going to get myself literally in the emotional state of excitement. And that literally wakes me up because I'm, I'm, I'm in, in, I'm embracing the, the, the hormone of happiness during that time, the cortisol. So if you wake up in the morning thinking, Oh God, here we go again. That is exactly what's going to happen throughout the day. You're going to be saying, Oh God, here we go again. And it's going to mm. happen over and over again. Um, and this is what we usually do in the morning. You know, we, we complain that we have to go to work. We complain that kids are not ready on time. We blame. Um, for example, the husband that they haven't taken care of the kids or we have to drop them off at school and so on. But let's swap that for a second. How about you get excited that you can have breakfast with your kids? How about you get excited that you can drop them off at school? How about you get excited about having, you know, breakfast at all? It's mm-hmm. it's not that difficult. It's It's a matter of choice. So 
by doing that exercise early in the morning, it's perfect timing because from biological point of view, you are between a deep sleep and a fully awakened situation. So in that moment, um, your brain waves allow you to program your body the way you want. And those are the same brain waves that kids are growing up with until the age of seven. For example, when the kid is riding a broom and thinks it's a unicorn. Right. That's the excitement. And, and it's exactly because of that, that brain wave. It's allowing them to really believe it's happening and it's happening for them. Yeah. I love that, that moment when you first wake up. Like it seems like that first 10 minutes or so, my brain is so clear. I have the most creative moments. I have all kinds of ideas that come to me and it's just, I get flooded with them. And then the day gets busy. And if I don't write them down, right, when they're happening, I forget because my brain just goes and goes and goes and you get wrapped up in your, in your daily activities. Um, I really, when you were talking about, you know, you know, being excited about whether or not, you know, you get to eat breakfast or your kids are running around, all those things. It, it reminded me of this saying that we hear a lot. I, you know, I want to want to eat the salad. You know, if you wake up thinking, oh gosh, I got to eat salad again today. Oh gosh, yeah. I got to, I've got to, I'm not going to be able to eat what I want today. Oh gosh, like this is going to be just, ugh. you know, dreading the day. That's never going to be successful. You're absolutely never going to be successful in anything that you do. So you have to, like you said, wake up and be excited that today I get to drink some water. I, exactly. You know, I mean, even if we really put it into a complete global perspective, we often forget there are so many people in this world who can't even drink water. They have no water to drink. And we have a hard time, I think, sometimes really making that a reality for ourselves. Because we, we take have things for granted. Yeah, because yeah, we have so much. Like we just have so much. Um, and as much as I love a Diet Coke in the morning, I do remind myself I have to start the day with water. And when I don't, I never meet my water goal. And if I wake up like and think about, oh gosh, I got to drink more water. Like I'm never going to drink it. So good stuff there. All right. The last one is really good. I like it. This place to send candles in the room where you spend the most time. Tell us about you. We recommend some certain scents and tell me kind of your philosophy behind that. So, right. Okay. So aromatherapy and overall natural medicine has been used for thousands of years. That's not new age. That's not shamanic stuff you know that has been used from from ancient greece we can see it in 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 the roman empire everywhere so it's absolutely scientifically proven that when you have the smell of lavender or um chamomile or vanilla or honey you know it calms down the nerves so what happens is when you when you're going through your day you're usually um, on high alert for work, for kids, for, for social media, for deadlines, for, you know, crossing the road, for having lunch, you know, not being late for, for a meeting. And, and those high alerts are really killing the cortisol in your body because you are in, in a mode of survival. Like it's like someone is threatening you at the moment. You're on high alert. So when you come back home and you're trying to relax, those scents are literally telling your brain you're safe. You, you can calm down now. 
it's all good. And from biological point of view, actually, it helps your body regenerate quicker. So it affects your immune system. It affects your um, entire biological state. It affects your brain. It, it increase, in, increases creativity. It increases memory. And again, it's not something that has been widely spread, but there are thousands of you know, experiments done on humans with those scents and 98% of them are happier and healthier with those scents. And the most important is when you decide that you don't have time to light up a candle while you're having your cup of tea um, in the evening or a cup of wine or whatever, a glass of wine, remember that we always gave up first in our mind. Mm. So the more we're doing it, the better it affects our entire existence from any yeah. perspective. Well, I know in my office when I light a candle, and I don't know that there's a specific scent, but when I light a candle in my office, I always focus better. Could you give yeah. me a suggestion on which scent I should have to focus a little bit better? Right. So, and I put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely fine. So, I'm thinking in psychology, the colors that affects our mind are usually, you know, green is focus. Um, purple or lavender is basically calmness. Um, blue is peace. Red is anger, as everyone knows, probably. Um, so I would say if you want to focus, you probably need a combination between something natural like flowers, any type of flowers you can think of. Um, you can use, I would say chamomile is more for like bedtime to really relax and allow your body to take a deep breath and start recharging during the night's sleep. Um, but any wild flowers are really allowing you to switch off anything around you that we call modern world and focus your laser focus on what you're doing at the moment. Well, there you go. That's why I can focus because my candles are always a flower scent. I always pick those. Yeah, that's so that's awesome. Usually oh that's what they do. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, look at that. I don't even have to change my scents for my office, but I probably do need to change the one for my bedroom. All righty, this has been so fun. All right, so I would like you to tell my listeners really quickly about your business because I think it's a really cool business model um, and I think it can provide, you do ship to the United States, correct? I do, yeah. Okay, all right, tell us about the, tell us about the box. I'm so, I love box, I love the box idea. So I'm a big fan of actual practical things to do with your hands. You know, I, I do enjoy digital stuff, but I also miss the other things. So I have this subscription box that is literally psychology in a box. Um, it's, it's, I've taken everything that I know from the academic science and moved it into practical exercises that people can do on a daily basis. So there's, there is a lot of aromatherapy in there and there is a lot of mindfulness exercises. There is a lot of, questioning yourself and not in the matter of doubting yourself, but questioning yourself, are you doing the right thing here in regards to, can you do it better? Can you maybe be stronger and braver and bigger and, and think, you know, outside of the box here? Um, there is one side is tackling the brain in the box, which is the psychology practical exercises. And the second part is tackling your body from the aromatherapy Everything is naturally done here in Scotland. I source it from local farmers. Um, and in combination, those two can really give you the overall health boost um, 
you know, science doesn't have to be in the academic environment. It should be available for everyone. And this is exactly what I'm trying to do from science to action at home without, you know, have to compete with yourself without have to manage expectations, just you and yourself, because that's your biggest partner. And you say it's a subscription box. So does that mean that it's a monthly, a quarterly? How do you do that? It's a monthly box. Well, you have to keep up the work. It's a monthly box. So every month, um, the subscription is by the 10th of the month and I ship the box over. So you start from the first of the following month and it goes on until you decide to cancel, basically. That is awesome. I think I'm going to order one just so I can see kind of what you send over from Scotland. How you, what a unique gift that someone could give for Christmas. So I mean, the what? Christmas edition at the moment is quite a special one because I have um, kind of doubled the items for, for the people. And, you know, I was thinking in my mind, how about those people include their families in that box, you know, and get mm-hmm. everyone around them? Because it is the time that we should be better um, and more open-minded. Um, so I have doubled the items and there is uh, 10% off at the moment as well. Well, I'm going to look at it today because I try to get my mother the most special gifts. It's been something since I was very young that I have always tried to make when I buy my mother a gift, I make it very special. I try to find things that are unique. Um, The last thing I got her, I got it for for, uh, Mother's Day was these letters. Um, And it was the coolest thing. So every month they send her a letter and it's a letter back and forth, like love stories. It was just, it was the coolest thing. And it comes in these cool little boxes, but I'm thinking that this is a Christmas gift for my mother. And I don't know if she listens to my podcast or not, so I can say it, (laughs) but I definitely think that that would be, I think I'm going to get her one because I think that would be something very unique and very special. Um, In my last, um, maybe two episodes ago, I talked about like how to give gifts that were about you know, uplifting people and personal development and how you invest in people versus things that people don't want. And what you offer is definitely something that is going to help women grow. And that's what my podcast is all about, is giving them resources, whatever it takes to get to where they want can meet their goals and not live like you talked about earlier, you know, in your chapter about just living, like just taking up space and just surviving. We don't want women to live like that. We want them to completely unleash themselves and find that inner person. And, you know, it's a process and we're doing it. And it's been just such an honor to be in the book um, and meet amazing women like you. And so I just thank you for being here today. It has been so much fun. No, thank you for inviting me. And I'm quite excited about our readers as well. Sister, could you relate? Did you feel that woman inside of you just trying to break free? If so, then we need to be friends. Head on over to the Facebook and send me a friend request. I'll actually accept it. You'll get my daily healthy eating recipes and see all the fun I have living a larger life in my smaller body. And you may even get a laugh or two over me and my 50 plus chickens. I proudly claim the crazy chicken lady title. Plus, you might get some guarding tips on growing your own healthy meals. You'll quickly fall in love with my chocolate lab Brady and one of my many cats. You'll also see that I am a lipstick-loving, coffee-drinking mom, wife, and Jesus freak. Can't wait to see you over on Facebook. And more importantly, I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. I want to see your written reviews. Take 60 seconds and leave me a written review and then screenshot it and go on Instagram and tag me so I can give you a proper thank you for your review. If you're already thinking I might be the coach from you, you can go ahead and schedule a free appointment with me at coachkeitha.com. And how you spell Keitha is K-E-A-T-H-A, coachkeitha.com. 
You can find all my social links in the show notes, as well as my website link. Thanks again for listening to my show. I'll see you on the battlefield. Until next time.